to another episode of Living in the Past. We are in October 1993. My co-host is Ben. Yes, I am. And we are ready to do this. Uh, how are you doing? I'm, I'm ready to go. I am keen for Spooptober, which is not going to be spooky this month, but no, uh, I feel prepared. No, the uh, yeah. So obviously, with everything going on, like we're doing a lot of this stuff um, over Zoom, it's hard to sort of get. Uh, a guest on, so we're we're gonna well, maybe we'll like do a you know we'll do a big one next season um, that covers like ninety three and ninety four. I did have a look a- around, and there wasn't a lot of spooky stuff, but um, I don't have the uh, <laughs> your partner Laura, who's done the last uh, three with us. She is obviously um, a lot better at, at tracking that stuff down. So also we've got spookiness every Friday now. So if you need some spook. Uh... Come back to us on Friday. Yeah, do you think I'm spooky? Come and subscribe to us. We've got a brand new show all about the X-Files. We're doing two episodes an episode. So, uh, yeah, come and join us, subscribe. But um, before we get into the 90s and living the past, we do uh, we talk about what we're doing now, and it's called Living in the Now. Um, now, I just uh, before we started, I said I've just started watching Book of Boba Fett. Um, and I'm like, you know... It was, it was it's fine like I'm only, I'm only one episode in but I've been told by a lot of people that to to keep going it's um there's some good stuff coming what, what happened during that one episode it's a lot like, of backstory from a personal standpoint from the personal standpoint what happened during that one episode that you watched Paul uh well um there's a lot of back there's, there's a lot of a uh, backstory um then but, there was, but, there was, then there was putting little, the show putting the show aside personally little... how... <laughs> Then there's a little, little bit of a nap from me, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, at the end I was like, "Oh, um, what happened?" Uh, <laughs> and my yeah, what happened? <laughs> my wife just looked at me, just like, "You need to go to bed." I'm like, "Okay." Um, yeah, I, I, and a lot of the um, this thing at the start was um, stuff I'd sort of read in um, Star Wars novelizations of, of how. Boba Fett gets out the Sarlacc pit and lots of stuff. It, look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but um, I was just, yeah, I've, I've made my my feelings about it <laughs> apparent on um, this podcast and a couple of others, but yeah, I'll, I'll see how it goes. Like, yeah. Um, what have you been watching? I also took a recommendation from someone quite dear to us and mm. watched all of Yellow Jacket. Oh, and how, what did you think? I don't wish I'd slept through more of it, but I don't think I would have been upset if I. It was a long journey that didn't really get me anywhere. A long journey and that didn't it... get you anywhere. <laughs> and I didn't really get a lot out of the journey either. Like there was moments, it was enjoyable. I don't think it was bad. Um, like I will certainly give it a warm jacket out of jackets rating, but. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I think I expected more. I, I was, I think I was uh, yeah. like, I, I built it up a bit because, um, like I think when I was watching it, it was just refreshing to see that sort of story. And it was, and it's a predominantly female cast and it's like a, like it's got the elements of horror and survival, um, but also drama and a bit of comedy in there too. Um, 
and obviously the soundtrack and the setting helped being in the 90s and stuff. So um, loved seeing um, Juliette Lewis uh, back and I've always liked um, Melanie Linsky. Um, so I don't know, like it's, I think I think they're going to bring it back for a second series. I don't know whether they should or not. I think it's it could be just as, as good as I kind of feel like they have to because yeah. there's so much leading towards this ending that you don't actually get. So I think yeah. I went in with the assumption that this is going to be wrapped up like this is one little story like a like a film series sort of thing is what I was yeah assuming was coming. Um the characters are great, the cast was great, the setting, the scene, the story is great, just the way it unfolded was all a bit slow um and then there was maybe a bit too much to unpack. Like I thought it was going to be a lot simpler, which was kind of cool, like I didn't see the expansion coming and the the weirdness yeah i i think i feel like um it's kind of got that trap of a lot of series these days which i still don't know why they haven't sort of um fixed yet but like there's a, <clears throat> a mid-season lull there was like too 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 many episodes like in a lot of these things like that's what sort of bumped me off the stranger fiction a, a stranger things train because i was like just those, like there's a bunch of episodes that just didn't need to be there and um that they could have just condensed and i know that like you know obviously people want as much as they can get but i'm like why don't you sort of follow the english bbc route and do like six brilliant episodes rather than like eight to ten like episodes with like a couple of um fillers in the middle let's end this on a better note because we're in curling season baby oh i have i watched uh so good i watched czechoslovakia or czech republic sorry um decimate australia this morning <laughs> um, like eight to two yeah, it's, it's all been downhill after they choked against america hey yeah well let's not say choke because i, I mean I, I couldn't do it you couldn't do it it's it's i reckon they've done uh, <laughs> well, i mean i, I know couldn't, i couldn't, I couldn't and i know <laughs> i understand the pressure you're at the olympics they don't have the same training and background and facilities as every other nation there but like that's a straight shot all you had to do was hit that stone all yeah, I am. Um, yeah, this this morning um, I watched that and I watched some ice hockey and my kids are sort of. Um, I, I can't remember watching the last ones because I remember we, we we try to get every single snowboarding one because that's like obviously pretty fun for the kids to watch. Um, the Winter Olympics, like who would have thought? Like this is my this is my thing. Like there's not really any event that I don't that I, that I hate. Like I'm just some just like, biathlon. No, no, I've, I've, we watched that this morning. <laughs> Really? Yes. <laughs> okay, what about the the long cross country nothing's happening but they just ski for 8 hours? Uh it's, that's kind of like that um that uh the slow TV thing from um Norway with the uh with the reindeer. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm into this. So yeah, we I, I, I've I, what do you know, for the next uh, few weeks I'll like sport. Yeah. Might even get interested time. in your segment, but probably not. Let's get into events. So, uh, October 1993, um, again, we're dispensing with the quiz because I don't want to quiz you about this stuff. It's really depressing. Um, but let's let's start over in Somalia. Have you ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down? I sure fucking have. It's got Eric Banner in it and an amazing soundtrack. Okay, so th- that the, the battle that that was based on um, happened in October 1993. Um, the oh. operation was called Gothic Serpent. Oh! That's my men. <laughs> um, so 
If you uh, are not um, aware, there was a, obviously a huge humanitarian crisis in Somalia um, and they wanted to take down uh, uh, one specific uh, um, military officer called Muhammad Farah um, Aidid. I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Um, so the, this entire uh, operation, Gothic Serpent, was to go in and um, as many high-ranking officials and obviously him as they can get to arrest him or to take him out sort of thing. So uh, probably not officially take him out, but like unofficially take him out. Um, so uh, over the, like the, the um, 1993 and in, even like the, the end of 1992, there was um, a lot of US military going into Somalia and, and, um, into the U- and, and UN support as well. So uh, they they went in with this, and it was just—I um, mean, if you've never seen the movie, it's, obviously that's a dramatized uh, of uh, portion of the event. But like, it is pretty close to it. Like, they had like no backup. They basically went in um, and thought that it was going to be way easier than what it was going to be. But they didn't—they didn't they didn't, re- didn't think there was going to be a bunch of like civilians who were going to turn on them, and um, also like and basically just block them in. Um, obviously the two Black Hawk, um, helicopters crash. Um, they did end up actually, uh, um, uh, taking out, well, um, arresting a couple of the officers and stuff like that, but then getting actually out of that war zone, that battle zone was, was, um, the next big thing and, uh, ended up 18, um, 18 US officers, uh, died, but then 1000 Somali militiamen were killed with 3000 wounded as well. Oh shit! Uh, I um I have an upbeat quiz question for you here. Okay. How many bands, musical bands, do you think are called Gothic Serpent? I'm gonna go with six. That's a pretty fair guess. I can find one, and they are from Singapore. <laughs> I would have assumed like every Scandinavian country would have had a band called Gothic Serpent, but apparently there's only one. I was like, yeah, I mean, and they're burning churches like the <laughs> like our friends yeah. in the other band. Um, yeah, so obviously um, this uh, this led Clinton to be to to pull basically like a lot of the US out of there. Moving on from uh, from war and getting into um, unfortunate. Uh, Hollywood deaths. Uh, we had the death on Halloween night of River Phoenix outside the Viper Room. Um, oh. Now, uh, you might be interested in a couple of things in this. I uh, already know what's coming. Yes. <laughs> um, let's also like. Um, so basically, if you don't know, um, uh, he had been just filming a movie um, and had been given a uh, a break from that. They said like you can you can have a couple of nights off. Um, so he went back to, he was filming in, uh, I believe Utah, this movie called dark blood. Um, and they said like, you can go back to LA if you want. So he went back. Um, and he kind of, apparently like he was, he kind of knew exactly what was going on because he had been sober for like two months. Um, he got back, um, he ran into a friend, um, oh, John Frashanti from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm. Mm. Went on a massive drug binge, um, with him. Uh, one of his close friends said the drug routine stayed pretty consistent for all of us. First, smoke crack or shoot coke directly into a vein for that ninety-second electric brain brain bell jangle. Then shoot heroin to get a grip and come back down enough to be able to carry a conversation for a few minutes before you start the cycle again. So that's what they were doing uh, for like 
two days before he um, gets uh, that night, he, like, on Halloween night, he goes to the Viper Room with his girlfriend, Samantha Mathis, um, also an actress, um, and also his brother, Joaquin, and his sister, Rain. Um, and that night, he... Um, and this is like this is like takeaway for the fact that Johnny Depp was a part owner of the Viper Room at that stage. And one of the things that um, was said, I should say, just to keep him, you know, allegedly... Um, he made sure that his high-profile friends who were all uh, drug addicts could have ample room and, and privacy to do said drugs without like the, the, the public being around. So he, they basically made, they basically made a, a, a drug haven. Um, yep. And it's like... And I think... I mean, he's... I think he's made like comments in the in 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 after this, like how he sort of felt partly responsible. But I think partly doesn't even begin to like cover it. I think he's like, <laughs> I think he he opened uh, basically an, an opium den and people were dying. So um, yeah, I mean, and there's a point of we're young, let's fun, let's experiment. But sh- you should be old enough and mature enough to realize you've gone a long way beyond this point, and this is very irresponsible. Oh. Yeah, like in especially when you think it's like the people. I mean, he was River Phoenix was twenty three at the time. Like Johnny Depp, I don't know, probably maybe like ten years older than him. Um, you know, you're supposed to be fostering like a safe place for like the, you could probably tell him like you know that's but you know let's not get into the spotty past of uh, of Johnny Depp and probably the spotty future and probably the spotty body. <laughs> um, of- uh, I will mention though. I don't know if you'd already had this down. Uh, so being a big Frishanti fan, I'm not defending him at all here. Um, yep. He was in a very, very bad place, obviously. Hmm. There's quite a few live videos of him playing at places like the Viper Room and that beyond this where his spiral got worse. And he's like almost opening up to the crowd talking about River and how he felt to blame for it and how it, the part he played. And the crowd is so awkward but sympathetic and trying to be sweet and like reassure him. Mm. Well, who's just up on stage, like, mid-set playing some songs then has, like, a mini sort of breakdown? So, yeah, yeah, clearly messed him up quite a lot beyond that. So, uh, that is my major events. Um, I was going to go one more. I was going to step in your sports feed again, but I'm not going to. So, um, I will... Let's let's move on to sport. I'm assuming with your depressing tone that you had through your events that... uh, your sporting news you wanted to steal was about uh, Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana's soccer match on yes. October 31st. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the uh, somewhat riot that ensued afterwards? No, it wasn't that. It was Michael Jordan. But go on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ivory Coast and or Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana played each other in a soccer match for the first time, I think... They'd entered one another's country in quite a while. Yeah, I, d- I did see his Quite a tumultuous that, yeah. relationship. Yes. Um, so Cote d'Ivoire lost. And uh, and they said, that's cool. We're going to go home now. Yeah, like, like any sort of soccer fan. They <laughs> uh, took it for being a sport. Not that important. <laughs> uh, until, I believe, 25 people were killed. Oh, my God. Sorry, I didn't mean to make a lot of this. <laughs> Uh, there was mobs, uh, they had clubs and machetes and rocks, they were attacking immigrants from Ghana, oh, forcing thousands from their homes, uh, 
the Ghana foreign minister came out and spoke four days after the game. So this is in November now. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was... I don't know if there was more to it. Like, it's very it's very hard to even find this article. I don't know if there's more to their past, like, where this all stems from, why they seem to hate each other. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, immigrants happened, and all yeah. sorts would... They were going, like, tearing through shanty towns and just burning shit and just beating people and... That's the thing, it's like, you know, you, you these games were supposed to be like a like a beacon of hope that, like, that sort of stuff can just be put in the past sort of thing or, like, even... Or just put aside for 90 minutes and it's like... Yeah. Nah. Like, it's it just, like, fans of, fans of flames. I, I believe, like, it's, like I said, it's very hard to find articles, but by the sounds of it, because it was televised, like, in both countries, I think... People in Cote d'Ivoire were going through Ghanaian towns and destroying their areas, and then vice versa. So I think they're attacking each other within inside their own countries. Yeah, just okay. messed up. Yeah. Okay. So let's good let's times in the world of sport. <laughs> um, there's unfortunately no curling that I could discover Ugh. in October of 1993, but we did have the. Asian Men's Handball Championship wrap-up oh, on October yeah. 5th, hosted in Bahrain. And, of course, our champions were South Korea. Their fifth title in such a competition. Are we are we allowed to like South Korea? I can't remember which one's which. <laughs> South South's okay, right? South's okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, cool. I'm sure there's people, I'm sure there's good people in North Korea too. They've just, they've just got, like, a, a leader that's... um. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no comment. Um, this one, I just want to make note because I don't understand entirely what it is. The All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Championship Final. The what? was held between All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Championship Final. Okay, All-Ireland, okay. You know, like when it's... A Northern the... and Republic, okay. Yep. I assume so, yeah. Yeah. Um... I've never really watched Gaelic football, so I don't know how the scores work. Um, I think it's closer to Aussie rules, and like there is like different different scores. Uh, yeah, I'm for assuming it's, parts it's it. points and goals. Yeah. Uh, so it was between Kerry and Leash. Kerry scored four eight, and Leash scored two six. So I'm assuming that's a points and goals system because Kerry won. Yeah. Well, I, all I remember is you remember I don't know whether they still do it, but they used to send over like an AFL. Like they'd send like a, a team of AFL All Stars to play Gaelic football. Yeah. Um, and then I they'd... think they only stopped recently. Yeah. Um, that's I it. probably and when COVID came along, it stopped. It's actually like I I found those games pretty interesting to watch. Like because like they got like a soccer goal, but they've also got like the two rugby goals sort of things too. It's yeah. It's like... Yeah, it's a nice mix. <laughs> yeah. Nice seeing Australia lose. It's something that they think they're great at. <laughs> Um, but yeah, jump on the wiki page for this event and see that uh, there is next to no details. <laughs> That's women's sport for you in the 90s. Yeah, well, just not just the 90s. <laughs> Sticking with round ball. Yeah. Uh, another thing I found very odd was the Scottish League Cup final mm. was in October. That's weird. Yeah, because I'm quite sure the football season in the UK starts in August. But isn't like so I guess 
They didn't well, have back many then. Clubs, there was like so there was League one. Cup and there was FA Cup and then there was like the just just the league as well. Like so, maybe that was like a shorter. There was two cups going it, on. Well, yeah. So in England, you've got the League Cup. Um, you've got another shitty trophy for the lower league teams and the FA Cup for everyone. Yeah. But those usually culminate towards the end of the season. Oh, okay. The season's only just started. Don't know. Scottish do, do different. They do. Anyway, Rangers won two one to. Our old mate Hibbs, Hibernian. Rangers. A young Ali McCoist on the bench. Ali McCoist. Do you remember the um, Scottish motorcyclist that used to come to the video store with the glass eye? No. He used to come, he had like a ponytail. And he was like, <laughs> and um, at one point I said like, oh, so like, are you from Scotland? He's like, hey. <laughs> and I said, oh, my dad's my dad's from Scotland. He's like, oh, uh, what part? And I said, um, uh, he's just outside Edinburgh. And he's like, huh, tough. And then walked off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm not saying my dad's not like toffee-ish, but I'm like, it was just a weird, like, yeah. And he, he always had like, um, he had a Harley Davidson and he had, um, but he had a glass eye. And I always wanted to ask him like how that came about, but he just seemed like he might take my eye. <laughs> but just yeah. for asking so yeah what a funny story um <laughs> i wonder who got the real eye <laughs> so it gets like seriously if you're not going to cover michael jordan then um i want to rewind and put him back hang, into hang. my my events no 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 no. we're getting there this okay. is october's a big sporting month all right okay and now we're getting to the good stuff oh, do you know what's coming no it's the 1993 Major League Baseball World Series. <laughs> and you may recall Toronto Blue Jays last year, mm-hmm. the first non-USA team to win. Yeah. They're back <gasps> up against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies won, didn't they? How fucking stupid a name is that, by the way? The Phillies. Philadelphia <laughs> Phillies. The so Philly never- Phillies. They were just, they were just, um, they were stuck. They, maybe they just needed a name at the, like, the very last minute. It's like, oh. <laughs> and were, the phone got cut off. It's like, what's your name then? Philly. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they were going to be called the Philadelphia Philadelphias. And the phone <laughs> cut off. <laughs> they come up there first, like, why are we called the Phillies? I'm like, mm. <laughs> So, Toronto was ahead three games to two in the series. Yeah. But they were trailing in game six by a score of six to five in the bottom of the ninth. That's why I can't this is when music. <laughs> Joe Carter steps up and hits yep. a game-winning three-run homer to clinch Toronto's second consecutive championship. The oh. first to repeat as champions since the 77-78 Yankees. I always thought they only ever had one. Because I remember um, being quite the Blue Jays fan back in the 90s. Huh. Apparently you weren't. Apparently I wasn't. I was also like 11, so whatever. That's fair. So, you want to get to the good stuff? Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right. So the real sporting news. Yes. On October fifteenth, baseball player Daryl Strawberry divorced <laughs> his wife Lisa Andrews after more than eight years of marriage. Ah, oh, Daryl. That's exactly what she was saying as she packed up his things. <laughs> <laughs> he, had a t- he had a tear rolling down his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> Just one, one solitary tear. Um, on October twenty sixth. The NFL announced that the Carolina Panthers would be joining the NFL. Are they still around? And that wraps up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're still called Carolina. 
And Michael no, Jordan announced his retirement from basketball. <laughs> On October 6th, after nine seasons and three championships with the Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan decided, I'm going to go play baseball for my daddy. And he did. And Warner Brothers were like going, I smell a story here. <laughs> I smell a script. <laughs> All right, let's get on to movies. Now, I must say, uh, much like September, um, I feel it's a bit of a meh month, but there's some, there are some uh, shining lights in here. First one, Cool Runnings came out, Malice, Deadfall, Gettysburg, Mr. Nanny, The Beverly Hillbillies, Fearless, Judgment Night, 20 Bucks, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. What did you watch? Before I get to that, Beverly Hillbillies came out? Yeah, I don't know what... For some reason, it got changed to Rudy Hillbillies. <laughs> it did. And I, I didn't even think to look into it. I was like, what the fuck is Rudy Hillbillies? I don't know. I, I must have just, like, auto-corrected or something like that. I don't even know, like... I, and I typed this on my on my Mac. I don't know if, if they had, like... Oh, man, that's just so... I only noticed it just, like, just before I when I opened up this file. Um, I, by the way, I tried to get the Beverly Hillbillies, um, ordered in, uh, from the library and they just like, it just never came. So I, I watched a couple of, um, featurettes on YouTube. It looks horrible <laughs> and I'm, I'm okay with the fact that I didn't get to see it. Um, I used to hate the TV show with a passion because, um, the, the, the old TV shows that I did like, you know, your mashes, um, your I Dream of Genies, um, all that sort of stuff. They, for some reason, mm. they would put the Beverly Hillbillies on, like right before then. So sometimes I'd have to, have to ride out five minutes of Hillbillies to get to the good stuff. I'm like, this is fucking horrible. Yeah, um, I was, yeah, I wasn't a fan. So uh, I'm. Can I guess what you wrote? Or what, what what you watched? Go for it. Cool Runnings. Correct. Judgment Night. Fuck yeah, I did. Nightmare Before Christmas. I uh, watched it at Christmas. So I think that still counts. Okay, cool. Any other ones? I really wanted to watch Fearless. Um, the cast is so good. It looks so good. I watched the trailer, and aside from the quality of the video looking terrible, it looks like something I would want to watch and enjoy, but I also didn't have the energy to deal I'll with it. I'll tell you that um, I didn't watch it uh, specifically for this for this show, but I've, I have seen it before. It is a bit of a slog. Um, it's kind of like a... Uh, uh, a smarter, more um, emotional version of Unbreakable uh, with Bruce Willis in it. So, like, um, also Jeff mixed just... in with um, what was that Dustin Hoffman movie where the the plane... oh hero, yeah, accidental hero, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, um, yeah, like Jeff Bridges survives like a plane crash, um, and then um, becomes involved with like a survivor, but he also has like no fear because he thinks that like, you know, once you've survived something like that, um, it's it's a bit, it's very heavy and it's a very um slow movie but like it's i would just suggest everyone should watch it once because it like jeff bridges performance and that if you've ever been on the um it's one of those ones i like sometimes with jeff bridges on i don't i don't think he's as good an actor as what like everyone thinks he is and then when you watch something like fearless um it really shines through that he's 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 he's, um he's a real deal so what did you watch i watched um well i watched uh, all the ones that you've done and i also watched a movie called 20 bucks Tomorrow's jackpot will reach a whopping 
most immigrants, it's the Statue of Liberty, the New York skyline. But for me, it was that $20 bill. Think of it as your wedding present. Surprise. If Daddy can't trust you with a simple $20 bill, how's he ever going to trust you with $20 million? You can have this back. Kathy, let's go. There's luck and there's fate. I'm looking for a partner. Are you freaking crazy? I don't even know you. The time is right. I feel inspired. Say it. 42, 49. What are you doing? We're robbing him. What does it look like we're doing? Let's go. Let's go for it. Now is not the right time. Thanks. Now, I was wondering if you could buy us a couple of bottles of wine. I'm trying to lose my virginity. You know, this is against the law. Um, which is, uh, it's one of those ones where it's got an ensemble class, um, cast and it's, um, it's like a bunch of different stories coming together. So, like, I really like movies like that. Some people can't stand that sort of stuff. Um, but I really like... Um, Although I really don't like Crash, but we'll we'll come to that in two thousand and five. Um, but yeah, like when I when you get like a bunch of stories coming together that um, are linked by this one thing in this particular movie, it's linked by a twenty dollar bill that gets passed in between the main characters um, several times throughout the movie. Um, Brendan Fraser plays a huge role in this movie. He plays like um, he basically is like a delivery man, but he um. He's about to marry into like a very very rich family, and he has a his friends from a Bucks night, and but at his uh, at the at the rehearsal dinner, um, his father in law gives him this twenty dollar bill and says like this is basically what I came to America with, and I, I brought I, I built my fortune um, based on this like like having this opportunity of of, of having twenty dollars, and then you basically follow that particular twenty bill throughout the entire movie. Um, it's does Brendan ever say to his father at one point like, "Have you heard of inflation?" <laughs> <laughs> give me, it doesn't give mean me. the same now. We're not supposed to do with this. Um, it's I find it really good. Like, um, yeah, I, I found it at the uh, at the library. Um, uh, but we like you've got uh, Brendan Fraser, Linda Hunt. If you don't know who Linda Hunt is, um, it's uh, she's the um, principal in Kindergarten Cop. Um, you've got Elizabeth Shue, you've got, uh, David Schwimmer in a very, probably Ooh. one of his last roles. And he plays, he plays pretty much, a, a, I mean, I don't think he, he can not play a Ross role, but this one's, um, yeah, it's true. yeah, pretty Ross. Um, we've got Steve Buscemi, um, in there and he plays a, uh, him and, um, Christopher Lloyd, um, Christopher, Lloyd, Christopher Lloyd basically employs him for one night to help him out doing a series of um, armed holdups, hold um, and uh, that's probably like that's that particular story is like one of my favorite um, of the entire movie. Like it's just a, a very sort of and like all these sort of like sort of uh, vignettes are like about I don't know maybe ten minutes as tops each, but like the way that it um, you. They they introduce like that twenty dollar bill into it and how it sort of gets there and, and and moves on to the next person. I think is really really well done. So if you ever get a chance to see it, twenty bucks is uh, definitely a um, my my uh, recommendation for this month. But let's move on to Cool Runnings. You zigging, you zagging. Oh, cool. <laughs> Always remember, your bones will not break in a bobsled. No, no. They shattered. So, who wants in? 
We're looking for a sponsor for the first Jamaican bobsled team. <laughs> Their dream was to compete in the Olympics. <laughs> but they chose a sport <laughs> they knew nothing about. In a climate they had never been. Cold weather endurance is vital to building a successful sled team. This is the true story of four unlikely athletes. How about I beat your butt right now? How about I draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt? Who weren't prepared for what they were about to face. It's a beautiful afternoon in Calgary. And there is a lot more coming up. Is this whole thing a big joke? I can't get my helmet on. Oh, thanks, Coach. Why don't you put some training wheels on that sled? Leave the pop setting to the real man. You know, you're gonna have to do this on your own one day. Oh. You have no business here, Jamaica. People are always afraid of what's different. Now, 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 now! Um, I watched this uh, last year, probably for the first time in a while, with the kids, and they loved it. I watched it again, um, and I completely forgot that it was, like, just uh, perfectly in time for the... Um, Winter Olympics starting up again. Um, this movie's... It really is. I still love it so much, but as soon as it's pointed out to me that a lot of people of colour have issue with it, it's very hard to enjoy it the same. I didn't... I'd so... Say... I, went, I went digging for, like, cast and crew. Uh, some of the cast have said like how much the movie still means to them, um, how many people still come up to them and like love and appreciate it and how good it was for Jamaica. Yeah. And then there's the flip side to it of, I don't know if it's people that were also involved. I know there's definitely people that weren't involved in the film that don't like it because you've just shown uh, Jamaicans to be buffoons and a laughing stock, and they need a white man to come in and save them and be their hero. Which yeah, I, I, I can't that. say isn't true because I'm not a minority, but they carry that sled themselves. They are the hero of this film to me. Like that's how I always saw it. Yeah, John I'll... Candy is the useless buffoon to me growing yeah, up. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't have um, ever sort of framed them as 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 buffoons in this. I think like they're funny and they're eccentric and like, I mean, they probably um, like a lot of um, uh, ethnic groups and and people of color like when they're presented in a film, um, they might just be amplifications of what they think their culture is like. But I think they had a fair amount of um, say about their, like the dialogue and, and, and how they were sort of represented. But um, I, I don't know, like I, um, I don't remember this being like a big sort of one watching it regularly as, as a kid, but like um, watching it again twice in like the last year, like I find it a very warm story i like john candy um just seeing him on on screen and like obviously this is uh i think next year is when he passes away um it's uh he can he can uplift a movie with very with with, with ease like he he doesn't need to do much i mean not saying that he's not doing much but he like just just the way that he can like add to a cast um and do it relatively easily like it's, it's just uh, like just stands to reason that he's one of the best actors like ever um yeah every now every now and then i would really zone in on him and what he was doing and it was very simple and subtle he wasn't over the top he was very good in it but growing so growing up i watched this a lot and it was all about sanka and um Darice. Mm. like that was that was a combination like john candy was good but 
Sanko was a goofball. Doris was yep. like so straight laced and professional. Kiss, kiss the egg. <laughs> and Junior, like, I can see how people would have a problem with this and how it portrays Jamaicans. Um, but there's also so many I read that like love how it put them on the map. It showed people how fun they are, like how like what a good culture they have, and the range you've got. The really serious, driven guy, the goofy guy, the weenie nerd with money, and the tough guy. Like, you've got a good range of people here. They're not all just, like, stoners and losers. Yeah. I, so, um, I, I, I still really loved it. I couldn't help it. I also... Um, someone wrote in one of the letterbox reviews, um, oh, that 90s color palette. And, like, I... I, I died into that. This, this movie and movies of this time... They did have a color palette to it. They did have like it was like those bright, vibrant, um, and I suppose it works well with with the Jamaican flag. But those were like um, like a lot of movies um, use those colors in like their title screens and like on their video boxes and lots of stuff. It was like that sort of the bright yellow, reds and greens, um, uh, which is like quite different from like the eighties where like they use like more of like the neon pink and purples and lots of stuff i don't know like i like but when when i read that review i was just like yeah like i i get what she means like it was like a um yeah it, it reminds me it reminds me of like walking through a comedy section and it's like oh yeah it's like the, all these colors are from the 90s did the soundtrack also help you as well soundtrack was yeah soundtrack was good um i um because there's this by, this by our a- old friend hans <laughs> um i also um man those uh is it the danish um the swiss oh the swiss yeah um they oh wait be, the mean ones yeah they could be interchangeable with um the uh the d2 villains as well because yeah. they all kind of look the same <laughs> the mean ones were apparently east germany so i i east read germany, into the like, real life story a little bit yeah yeah and Exactly as you would expect, the guys that actually went from Jamaica said everyone was so accepting and so supportive and so lovely. There was no malice from any other team. Yeah. As you'd expect at the Olympics, everyone's just so into each other and just happy to be there. Yeah. So obviously dramatization for the film. <laughs> so like... It works. <laughs> and who who could be mean to them? Eh, Germans are right, <laughs> Yeah. And that then, was still the yeah. t- style at the time. I was Germans like, yeah, horrible. that, that, um, the main dude could just, yeah, that, you know, the, the, uh, the coach of the team in D2, the, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, that guy it could be the same guy for all I know. Um, so let's move on to, I uh, see, I, I was going to a couple of ones that I want to, I actually kind of want to watch Malice cause like that seemed to be very much in the sleeping with the enemy type of, uh, like, um, uh, romantic, sexy thriller. Um, but it had um, <laughs> it had a uh, Alec Baldwin and Nicole Kidman and Bill Pullman, and I'm like, as a, as, a, as, this, as white as you can get. <laughs> um, I did see Bill Pullman in the list. I was like, ooh, do I have time to watch this? But I was like, I mean, uh, it, and it, it it was on stand, so I was like, it was it was one of the ones that I would have had to pay for, and I'm like, I was tossing it up, and I I ended up um going for the other one that we're about to talk about, but um. Yeah, uh, I still might. I still might come back to that at some point because, man, do I love my trashy '90s thrillers. Um, and I want to see if Bill Pullman's got range 
Because at the moment, you know, of course he the, does. At the moment, he's just the same person in every fucking film. Uh, you wait till we get to Casper. That range um, is coming. So I, uh, instead of that, I I rented Judgment Night. Nobody is taking dates. It's a bunch of guys going to a boxing match. That's it. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I know your friends. <laughs> They're the hormones of high school kids. I'll be home early, okay? Promise. What <laughs> do you say, fight fans? A night out on the town. A heavy traffic jam. Say something. I'm not going to miss this fight. And one wrong turn. We've circled this block about 300 times. Yeah, enough for this scenic route. <laughs> what the hell was that? He's been shot. They're coming after me. You gotta get me out of here. <laughs> we can't just sit here. Come on. They got guns, John. You broke rule number one. Do not steal from me. Oh, boys, rule number two. No witnesses. <laughs> Um, so we've talked a lot about this. It's been it's, it's kind of like a, we've been little dropping little Easter eggs because um, like you seemed really really pumped for this one, and I had never actually seen it, but I knew about the soundtrack. No so and I know and I knew about the soundtrack for it. So I, I knew about knew more about the soundtrack than I did the actual movie. And then when I watched it, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, the soundtrack's still pretty good, but this movie's not great. <laughs> so we've known each other, I think, almost 15 years now. Yeah. And I don't think a year's gone by where I haven't name-dropped this film. Yeah. I think I might have and told you. I only you... just watched it. I must have told you that I've never seen it before. So the soundtrack <laughs> is, it... is good, yes. But did you notice? I only noticed two songs in the film that are from the soundtrack. Was oh, that like just me? Falling and um, and real thing when yeah. you're in the apartment building. Weird. If you've never seen it, um, it's about it's four guys uh, go are going to a boxing match. Um, they're probably like four of the most unlikable people that you might ever meet. Um, Untrue. Emilio Estevez, uh, his his wife has just had a baby. And he doesn't seem to all that jazzed by it. He, he's like he. I found him to be like the worst. Um, that, no, no, well, I didn't. The opening because... scene is complete unnecessary. Actually, well, I didn't find him the worst. You don't need to know. That, you don't need to know that he's just had a baby and that he's grumpy about not leaving the house. And his wife is grumpy that he is leaving the house. That yeah, that doesn't need to be part of the film. She's giving him nothing. like a, a big like. Oh, you know, you go off and do something because you've done so much work. And I was like, fucking. Um, I should never say anyone's the worst when Jeremy Piven is um in, is in the cast. Because oh God, he's so bad. Jeremy and like okay, but now I'm starting to think this. Yes, I hate his face. Yes, I can't stand anything he does. But doesn't that just speak volumes to how good a performance he gives? Because you have to have a hateable character in some of these movies, and he does it so well. Um, and I'm not he's sure he's absolutely like... perfect at being the shit friend. He, yeah, he's almost the best one in this film because you hate him. He's so annoying. He's so pathetic. He's so useless. And yeah, it it makes perfect sense. Like he. Everyone would know someone in this situation. That's how they would act. He's a millhouse of this group. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got Dennis Leary in this. Uh, he plays a pretty good character. Like I, I, I kind of, 
I kind of like his his um, take on it. Like when, um, so if you've never seen it, so these four guys go on a um, on a big RV trip um, to a uh, boxing fight. They never actually make it to the boxing uh, match because um, they try to take a shortcut. They inadvertently witness a murder. Um, uh, basically, like a drug dealer is being shot by uh, Dennis Leary. Um, his his name's Fallon in the movie. And then they don't want any witnesses to the crime, so they spend the rest of the night chasing down these four guys, um, played by Emilio Estevez, Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr., Stephen Dorff, and Jeremy Piven. Um, Peter Green is in there. If you don't know who Peter Green is, he's the bad guy in um, The Mask, and he is a great actor. I like him. Like He, he crops up a lot during the 90s. I haven't seen him a lot um, these days. Oh, but yeah. He's, like, he's done a lot of my favorite roles in these movies, he, he he crops up in *Usual Suspects*. Um, yeah, he's just a really good character actor, and um, if 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 I see him in a he's movie, he's a good bad guy. He's a great bad guy. Yeah, um, so much so that if he ever tries to be a good guy, which I've seen him a couple of times, I just I just don't trust him. <laughs> um, but uh, so um, yeah, they basically go like they're basically being chased um, uh, through the city. Um, like it's it's pretty intense in some scenes. I just I don't know. There's just something about it. Um... I think Emilio Emilio is probably the weakest link for this. I don't think he carries the film that well, but I don't know if he's supposed to. Like he's the main star, but every now and then they like make a joke about him being the boss of the group or the leader, which yeah, I don't know if that's supposed to be serious or a joke. So I think for me, he's the weakest link. Other than that. I've made reference to this film so many times in my life. Anytime you end up on the wrong side of the tracks or in a neighborhood that's dead quiet and you see like a trash can on fire, yeah. I just think Judgment Night. <laughs> I just I've always loved it. I don't I don't entirely know why. Um yeah, I, I don't know and I I think it was um maybe I don't like the broiness of it. Like it's just like um there's not there's not a lot of female characters and once once they're in there they're gone within like um, and I'm not saying like that maketh the movie. Like, I mean, I know there's, there's certain movies that are made with a male um, characters in mind, and that's just the way that the movie's written. That's no judgment on that. But like, everyone seems to just be dialing it up to like eleven. Um, like Stephen Dorff, as soon as he walks in, basically like trashes what part of the bus, and it's like there's no there's no character ride or train. Like, it's just like they're all just four. And maybe this is more, like I haven't been on a. I haven't been on an RV bus with like three or four other dudes and drinking alcohol. Like maybe this is what happens. Four bros get together and like, you know, um, decide to party. Maybe like shit does get fucked up. Um, I mean, I kind of enjoy that there's not, aside from the stupid little intro, the first, is it maybe five, ten minutes before they get off the freeway? There's not like a lot of backstory. There's like little hints here and there. Like Emilio doesn't love his brother that much. He never invites him along. But there's not mass character development or like backstory it's just these guys going on a night uh, night out gets fucked yeah. up apparently and also apparently Emilio Vesfers was um very much at the, the bottom of the list of who they wanted to play but they had they they started running out of time and they, and they had to give it to him um but Christian Slater <laughs> Christian Slater and Tom Cruise um both passed on it and I think they really wanted those two and they're like well, who's the Diet Coke version of those ones? <laughs> we'll get me the West of his. Um, that makes so much more sense with Stephen Dorff being the brother. Oh, yeah. I mean, if him and Christian Slater, come on. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Even Tom Cruise. I, I will say that the um, 
the end fight in the uh, the clothes uh, supermarket then um, like uh, loading area that's pretty cool that whole set, um, set piece is, is, is awesome Shall I give you the floor with this for this film? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am not a Tim Burton fan. Um, what? <laughs> a what? Um, and I for for the longest time I didn't really like this movie. Like I'm not sure if I still. I'm not sure if I do. Um, but I I think I respect it just more more these days because, I mean, it's just. The animation it's a, yeah it's a sight to behold like that that um animation is just amazing and like um it's like uh my, my my boys and i are quite um fans of ardman um like who do like sean the sheep and like chicken run and lots of stuff like anything like that that just use that stop motion and and you know how much work goes into it like you don't have to love tim burton to like respect that this movie is just a a, a monumental piece of filmmaking um, I don't know whether, like, I'd um, go to the extent that um, that a lot of people we know go too into it, but like, um, and I think um, whoever, like, I mean, it, it both it, it was is it's a definitely very '90s movie um, that spawned a legacy that's still to this day. Like, I, I see um, Jack Skellington bags and pins and that's t-shirts everywhere. It's still like it's like it it always it, it always just gets a resurgence every few years. Um, and it's a great story um, in the thing of like, yes, it's a Christmas film, but it's not a traditional Christmas film. And like, um, my eldest son still doesn't really like it too much because um, it it, uh, it it used to scare him a lot as a kid. But I think I'll, he'll he'll come around on that. Um, but uh, we we had someone round like one of uh, one of his friends and their kid, uh, one of our friends and their kid, and they're like, let's put Nightmare Before Christmas on. And my <laughs> we got like. 20 minutes into it and my kid was, uh, was like, ah, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> I think I probably would have been pretty similar. So my little friend in primary school quite liked this. So yeah. my memories were him liking it, wanting to watch it, me being a bit creeped out, not really getting any of the jokes, any of the story, not enjoying it. And now I watch it and I have an appreciation and I like it, but there's still that carryover of you didn't like this as a kid like it annoyed you there's still some like the lack of rhymes occasionally really frustrates me <laughs> things like sandy claws like it's a little bit roll dial every now and then with things it tries to create no roll dial's garbage uh, um <laughs> things dis- like hard making... disagree but okay <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get to that one um, oh, you mean talking about Roald Dahl the person or Roald Dahl the, the, the author? Both. Okay. <laughs> he, I mean, do you want to separate the, the art from the artist? Yes. Because they're both shit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, I've, just, I've never been a fan of, like, the BFG. I hate the way he speaks. <laughs> and there was moments in this that remind me of that. Yeah, um, I find... Um, like I still find the um, the the main uh, the evil scientist uh, he just is so gross <laughs> and so and so um, 
like just to look at and like um like like just that sort of like some of these characters are sort of like nightmare inducing like they they do all the right sort of um like he reminds me of um just like a like a horror movie like it's just he's so gross to look at and like yeah. for some reason I I like even as an adult I still don't particularly like um watching his scenes um but you know obviously like we we got um a great cast a great voice cast Danny Elfman Danny Elfman does Jack Skellington um we've got Catherine O'Hara does Sally. Um, Glenn Shaddix um, does the mayor. Um, he was in um, Beetlejuice and soon to be talked about in Demolition Man. Uh, Paul Rubens uh, and um, yeah, uh, Greg Proops. I always like he's got a very um, specific voice. He's a comedian. Um, I forget that it was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you probably know him from um, Whose Lines Anyway. He does like a lot of a lot of those. But yeah, um, I. As I said, it's 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 fine. Like I I I love it. It's probably it's not obviously not my favorite Christmas film because it's got no turtle doves in it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's close. Uh, it's, it's close. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's it. it I, I would say, uh, you know, I'd give it a, I'd give it a six, a seven. <laughs> it is it is very good. Um, I can't. All my issues with it are like personal little niggles, like. It's very impressive. All the little characters and sculptures and things are pretty amazing. The originality of it is, as as far as I'm concerned, is pretty good. I will say that but like I half, half my things. hatred in in the past for it is just my um, I was quite the crusade against Tim Burton there for a while, <laughs> and then I um I think last year or the year before I went out of my way to watch more of his films, and now I'm like okay, I don't mind him that much, but yeah. Um, I was always very anti musical, so this that also made it difficult to yeah let in um i kind of wanted to watch deadfall because apparently it's got one of the most insane um nicholas cage performances of all time um but i don't know i, I just couldn't uh, i couldn't bring myself to spend money on it just to watch <laughs> nicholas cage be nicholas cage there's plenty of other nicholas cage movies that we can do that in um and i didn't uh, i mean if it had been streaming i probably would have given mr nanny um starring hulk hogan a try but <sighs> what about gettysburg very long <laughs> yeah i don't know like i mean it seems to be very boring i imagine yeah like I, I i look there's some portions of american and australian history and stuff like that that i'll be like right into but um those colonial times and those um yeah that's sort the of stuff i've just i have very little interest in i don't i just don't, I just don't care yeah any any pre-1900 war uh, i've got no time for you i'm sorry don't care it's other white people killing each other for nothing. <laughs> it's, other, it's World War One or nothing, baby. Um, Basically. So let's go on to television. Now, uh, diagnosis murder started. Fantastic! If you were ever homesick from school in the nineties, you would be catching a diagnosis murder at some point. Yes. Getting Even some, into the two thousands as well. I should add. Some dick into you. Um, <laughs> And his awkward, terrible son. Oh man, um, it's I. I got a feeling I, I was trying to find it because I'm like, surely some TV station still airs it, but I couldn't find it. Um, but I can tell you this without any lie: that if I saw this in the op shop, whew, baby, that would be in my hands, <laughs> out of my dreams and into my car. Um, 
yeah, so you got Dick Van Dyke and um, also, I mean, the best thing was is that uh, it was played by his real-life son, Barry Van Dyke. <laughs> Barry Van Dyke. <laughs> I mean, it can't get worse than Dick, can it? Good times. Um, and I remember Scott Bayo was in it quite a lot, too. He's just... Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> remember Scott Bayo? Chachi. Yeah. Chachi. He seemed to fade away after Balbuns came along, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, the Daily Show with John Stewart started. Um, I, I haven't seen a lot of these early episodes, but um, yeah, that became a pretty big staple in our house. Um, how old is he? If this started in '93, yeah, he's he's up there. Um, yeah, it's a like I I think it really hits its stride around. The first Bush administration um, it was when it got real good. That's when you had people like um, Steve Carell um, and uh, uh, um, Stephen Colbert and, and that sort of thing. So uh, John Oliver um, joins, I think, uh, mid two thousands. So yeah, it's um, it's got a great legacy. Um, just always good stuff. Um, it was it was really hard to find here in Australia for a while, and I, I was I loved it when um, I think the ABC started airing it, and it was just like yeah, finally. Uh, My only real knowledge of him, I guess I would still say growing up, was just Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> that I didn't whole, even know he was a thing. It's also actually well, like one of my least um, least favorite parts of that movie. I find it really. Oh. Uh, I don't know, like there's um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's I've seen so many articles because Clerks Three is coming out soon, and I've seen so many articles just deriding Kevin Smith movies, and I'm just like, oh no, I'm gonna start watching them all again for this as of next season because we got Clerks coming up, and I'm like, I haven't because I I haven't even listened to his podcast for about three years because he went behind a paywall, and um, I just have too many yeah. subscriptions, um, so. I mean, if that had, um, existed, like, you know, eight years ago, I'd have been all over it. But um, I yeah. even, yeah, I, I just, uh, like, I, I got really into his podcast there for a while. And I'm, I'm just wondering, because um, obviously um, my taste and my sense of humor and my, um, a lot of things have taken a, a huge personal and cultural shift over the last sort of five years. And I'm just wondering... <laughs> How I'm gonna go with um, with a with a lot of um his humor in those movies, but um, having said that, I'm I feel all, like I'm, I'm all over Clerk Three when it comes out. Also, the Jay and Bob reboot reboot that was that wasn't terrible. That was yeah. like a full fan service. It wasn't crazy offensive. It wasn't gross. It was. But then, you know, but then right. you also had then you also had had Moon Raper in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. So you know, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of um, worrying jokes about Ben Affleck in that movie that maybe may or not be true, at least of his brother, maybe. Um, but getting um, out of all that and getting into um, fictional crime, uh, it is time for the Law and Order Minute. Cool. So, um, 
Can I just? I know you don't. You don't like. You don't let me dwell on stuff for a while because it's not part of the minute. But I, I do. I do <sighs> beg. I do beg your patience for um, just an extra minute here. Um, we talk a lot on. Um, uh, do you think I'm spooky about um, eating scenes in X Files episodes? There is an eating scene in one of the episodes that I watched for this for this particular minute. They are eating Chinese food, and it's like. They haven't eaten all day. Like it's they're barely getting their lines out before like shoving like bits of meat and rice into their bowls and into their mouths and stuff like that. They're like talking while they're eating, and it's just like it's still cool. Like I mean, they're I'll, trying I'll, to they're trying to add a sense of realism to it because that's real life. People stuff their mouths. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I love a good eating scene in a, in a TV show and a movie. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just like <laughs> this was just like. Oh, you think that he's got? You think we'll find him on the Upper West Side? Oh, blah, 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 blah. It's like, oh my <laughs> god! Just slow down. You're gonna choke. <laughs> um, that and also um, in the last couple of seasons, Lenny Briscoe um, has chosen has chosen to wear these uh, these aviator sunglasses. And you know, old guys. Cool. You know, old guys yeah. when they wear sunglasses, they tilt them forward. Like yeah. these glasses are like they're they're defying gravity. I'm gonna put a photo up on the Instagram page. Like I don't know how he's wearing them and they're not just like constantly falling off his face, but yeah. Anyway, let's get into so that, that's a minute and a half of Law and Order already, just so you know. Shut up. Um <laughs> So let's get on to it. Um Let me know when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm starting. When you say the word okay is when it begins. Okay, so the first one, we have a uh, young lady who um, is pointing the finger at a heavy metal musician for raping her in his uh, his, his quite lush apartment. Um, this is another example oh. of Law, Law & Order. Um, like they're, they're doing an episode on a heavy metal band, even though heavy metal's kind of gone, been and gone about four years ago from this. <laughs> Just like, oh, we got there in the end. Um, that one's, back. Yeah. Um, the next one, uh, we, got, we got Profile. Profile is about um, someone is gunning down um, people of color in New York City with a shotgun, um, and then they find out it's a racist. Surprise, surprise. Uh, uh, the next one, we got Black Tie. This is when a really wealthy... Um, a lawyer uh, is found dead and then someone calls the police and says it's murder but the family says that there's no murder whatsoever what are they going to do? <laughs> um, this one's really cool because uh, it, um, there's a lot of uh, infighting between the detectives and oh you dick <laughs> is that more pleasant than the horn though? <laughs> is my minute up? yes, yes it is yeah well that is more pleasant I don't know how much of that I'm allowed to play, so I should probably stop. <laughs> well, we get about five seconds of Law and Order. <laughs> you got so many Law and Order minutes this week; it's not on. I have you got a timer there? I haven't got a timer. No. Have, have you got a laptop with a clock on it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It hasn't, got, it hasn't got seconds on it though. So. No, but if you if you click on the little, the actual time, it should bring up like a proper clock with like a second on it, right? I mean, mine does. Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to take a minute, and I'm going to see how many of Conan O'Brien's guests oh, I can, can read I... out, just so uh, you know. 
I, can, I help you with your minute, but okay, hang on, hang yeah, on, that's fine. The best type of podcasting is the one that is done in real time. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know some of these names. I'm probably going to say them wrong. This is going to be. This Are you going to be saying them like, um, "We didn't start the fires"? <laughs> You should sing it I, like we I can try. Oh, can you do it? <laughs> we didn't. Uh, oh, what can we call uh, it? We some, didn't. Some... We didn't. We didn't. Um... We didn't name the guest. You should have seen the guest. You should have seen the guest. You should have named the guest. Yes! Guess the name. You should have you guessed sh- the name. Oh, you should have guessed the name. Yes! <laughs> you should have guessed the name. Okay, cool. So I'm going to I'm going to start you, uh, I'm going to give you a, a I'm, I'm going to give you a count in not to say okay. So I'm going to give you a 3 No, two, because one. every law and order minute you say okay before you start speaking. That's cuz I got So Pesci. I can just start I got, with I got, a, I got a Joe Pesci um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Uh so uh I'm going to give you a 3 2 1 and when I say go is when you start, all right? Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Ricky Lever, Stephen Webb, Mayan Burlet, Dennis Franz, Paul Grasner, Eric Roberts, Arthur Kitts, Mori Povich, Victor Van, Mita, Gerald Posner, Jeff Goblin, Roddy McDuff, Jimmy Lee, Curse, Rick Link, Later, Mimi Rogers, Mia Shah, Joe Lanzi, Ripple, Steve Buscemi, Chloe, <laughs> Steve Allen, Tiffany, Amber. I forgot the, how the song even goes. Peter Gallagher, John Melendez, Alex Winter, Chris. Is that the song anymore? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Is that all of them? Elizabeth Shue, Donna Mills, <laughs> Ella Wallace, John Stewart, Deidre Bradley, Will Shorts, Twiggy, Dave Astino, Molly Evans, Tom Skerritt, Sean Stern, Sean Donahue, <laughs> William F. Buckley, Hank, Aaron, William Shatner, Susie Adams, Edward Furlong, Laura Kling, Linter, Chuck Jones, Ford and Gray, Lewis Gossett Jr., Gilbert Godfrey, Maureen McCormick. Oh, that's it. Stop. Hey, did I do it? Yes, you did. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> I need was, to learn how that song goes. That was, uh, can I just say, that was one of the funniest things I've heard. <laughs> uh, apologies to uh, all the names that I mispronounced. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, let's go on to music. Okay, so um, going into the uh, the charts for tonight uh, for this month, we got um, mostly it's mostly Meatloaf. Uh, I'd do anything for love, not I would do anything for love. Ugh, <laughs> I won't idiot. do that. Um, and then we've also got. Do you remember um, Mr. Vane? No. Oh yeah, I know this. Yeah. That was the other number one in Australia at that time. Uh, it's um, yeah, I remember that one particular for some reason. Like, it's just um, I, th- I think a lot of because this will be well, I'm eleven, so I'm cr- I'm probably going to some school discos now. I'm probably still allowed, I'm st- starting to be allowed to out after a certain the old blue light, the old blue light, yeah, the odd blue light every so often, yeah. Um, I do remember very distinctly listening to Informer at a blue light disco. Um, nice uh, But in America we had um, Dream Lover by Mar- uh, Mariah Carey Was just like dominating That went from September 11th to um, October 30th So yeah um, Not bad Not bad at all 
So let's talk about um, the releases for this month. Um, we had 13 by Teenage Fan Club, Alapalooza by Weird Al Yankovic, um, Anodyne by uh, Uncle Tupelo, Body Hat Syndrome, Digital Underground, Christmas Interpretations by Boys to Men, DOS by Alter State, Laid by um, James. Laid! I love that song so much. <laughs> uh, Painful uh, by Yola Tingo. So Tonight That I May See, Mazzy Star. Uh, Titanic Days, Kirsty McCall. There's a lot here. Come On, Feel the, Ma- Come on, feel the Lemonheads. Aurora Gorealis, Let It's Cleo. Uh, Very Necessary by Salt and Pepper. Together Alone by Crowded House. Verses by Pearl Jam. Mexican Moon, uh, Concrete Blonde, Inhaler, Tad. Fumbling Towards XC, Sarah McLaughlin. It's on Dr. Dre by Eazy-E. God Shuffled His Feet by Crash Just Dunny. No Alternative by various artists. Pussy Whipped by Bikini, Bikini Kill. Shaq Diesel by Shaq. <laughs> and that's it. I'm Bob Dylan. That's a huge month. It is a massive month. and Could this be the best musical month we've had? Or at least the biggest? All right. I'm going to say biggest because I, I didn't find heaps of stuff here that I, I liked but um <laughs> but apparently you did um it's gonna start off with some weird, weird out <laughs> uh, you have to pick out the worst thing on the list my kids like that one <laughs> um, I think I've sorry. decided I don't like weird owl Oh no, I don't either. I I just um I literally uh, do you know what it was? I was putting these. I had these songs on my Spotify playlist, and my oldest son walked past and said, "Hey, that looks like the Jurassic Park logo." And I said, "No, nah, it's a song about that." And he's like, "Play it." And I'm like, "So that yeah." <laughs> um, uh, I so- mean, it, the songs aren't bad. He's it's purely the fact he's taken the exact song and just changed the lyrics. I was, I've got no time for that. Yeah, tell me what you let, let, let me tell you what tell me what you liked. Um, so I didn't love a lot, but I definitely liked a lot. Uh, okay. Initially, I was a little disappointed by Teenage Fan Club. It's not the, the best album. Bar was a bit higher for the yeah. The it's next one, a little bit. I, I mean, think the next one's Grand Prix, and that one's um, amazing. But this one, and it's actually looking into it, um, it was not liked by like a lot of critics and stuff either. So yeah, and the last one only had a couple good songs on it. So. The bar should have been lower, but it was okay. Um, Anandine, Uncle Tupelo uh, was okay. I was expecting more because I liked their little live thing. I believe this is the last one before they break off and like start like Wilco. Um, okay. And, um, and, the, and the other, I, oh, I always forget the other band that they um, broke off into. Yeah, keep going. Boys to Men had no bangers on it. Uh, Digital Underground did. I love that release. Um, What's up with the love? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Return of the Crazy One. If you ever, I've got a soft spot for these guys ever since like 1990. They were like, like, they were the ones that really sort of made me fall in love with hip hop all over again. But this one, um, Brand New Sweater, (laughs) is amazing. (laughs) They're so fucking funny. I don't give a shit. Like, uh, and like, it's not even. (laughs) It's not even that offensive either. Like it's it's they're genuinely genuinely funny lyrics that like um, I, I I was listening to it while I was doing something and I actually stopped and just sat there and giggled. It was amazing. Go on. <laughs> um, who was next? Uh, Mazzy Star. 
I was it there's two incredible songs on this album. This is one of them. There's is it Fade Into You and then uh, Into, is it Dust? Into Dust? Yeah, Into Dust. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. The rest kind of it doesn't live up to it at all. It doesn't come yeah. close. Yeah, I mean, but when you've got Fade Into You, like, what else do you need? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's no real complaints like that. Those yeah. two songs, yeah, I, they would probably be two of the best songs in this entire month, potentially. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say that Fade Into You is one of my favourite songs of all time, ever, in the history of me. I'm going to join you on that limb and say that that's false. And I've heard you make that statement about other songs before. <laughs> I think if I ever had like a an all-time favourite of all time, that that song and its, um, its importance to me and certain moments and certain times, it's just cropped up every so often. Like sometimes it just like... I can, and I can remember, um, I can actually remember three distinct times that it's played and I remember like all the events surrounding that song at that time. So, yeah, it's important to me. It's, yeah, it like, it, I can't really say much more. It's an incredible song. Yeah. Top work, Mezzy Star. Um, take that, uh, Not Enough Bangers. I just... It's supposed I, to be a pop group. Come this on. Was, this was going to be, this was supposed to be like, it sold millions and I could not... Um, identify the three singles that they came, they came off of that like was like were huge big chart toppers and stuff like that. I do not remember them. I can't think. I can't even think of a take that song. No. The one with Lulu. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Relight it's my okay. Fire. Yeah, but eh. I think that's a cover anyway, isn't it? The British are very odd in the pop music that they enjoy. Yeah, but it's, the British all sound like that at that time. All British pop sounded like that. Suck on that, Brits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lemonheads. I gave this a solid go. Ah, you know, you you, like did you like it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I dislike him irrationally, but this was okay. Big Gerhardt. I don't mind this. Big Gerhardt. Yeah, what, what's that for? <laughs> Into your arms, love that song. Is, does does being gay and having a big heart is that different to not being gay and having? I don't know. What's, what's, mm. I've known gay on, people. I've I've known gay people that, that, that really like that song. So I'm like, I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> but maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, this one's uh, probably not as good as um, the one before it, but um, it's got. Into Your Arms is probably one of my favourite Lemonade songs of all time. Um, and I do like uh, Rick James style as well. So I hate to say it's not better than Nick Cave's though. Nick oh, Caves. that's My Arms, isn't it? Yeah, it's Into My Arms. Oh, close. Same thing. Uh, salt and Pepper, huh? Oh, man. Salt and Pepper. Let's. Uh... Did we already cover them on like a top? Did they have a best of last year? Am I thinking of someone else? Yeah, from a... <laughs> so have you ever heard the start of that song? He's like, hey baby, not you. 
<laughs> it reminds me of Kingpin. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> Not you. Hi. <laughs> I believe they changed record companies in that that last greatest hits one. They have like let's talk about sex and all that stuff on it. That's from, like mostly from that era, and this is from the new one. So yeah, I want to take a minute to highlight the kind of man they're talking about, and what a man, a mighty good man, a mighty mighty good one. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what popped out when I was listening to it the other day. It's not just. I always assumed it's like a man, man. Growing up in the 90s, a man meant manly and tough. Yeah. But they want someone smart, they want someone strong, they want someone sweet, they want someone generous. Yeah. Body like Arnold, face like Denzel. Don't we all? (laughs) I think there's there's a nice actual message in there. Yeah. And if you look at the film clip, they grounded up some of those exact men. (laughs) Yeah, the bunny of Arnold and the face of Denzel. <laughs> um, Although, there is a line that says, uh, don't take him for a sucker, because that's not what he's about. A lover and a fighter, he'll knock a knucker out. Ah. Mm. Well, yeah. Hopefully Good rhyme, though. Hopefully they got that man. I'm sure they did. Love this album. Did you not? Was this the song that you sung at a or helped sing at a or helped play to at a wedding? Uh, Distant Sun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, this is uh, Crowded House t- together alone. Um, again, we've. Uh, I mean, we talked about Woodface was it last season or the season before. It would have would have been last year, I think. Um, they have no right to be as talented as what they are, and I wish they could just share it around. But like this, yeah, I really like. There's, I'm I'm very intrigued to keep up with their story as it unfolds and crashes and burns because they were so good. I don't know why they didn't become the biggest thing around. I don't know what. Yeah, because like, I, is it that whole Australian New Zealand thing where, um, like, our old mates Powerfinger, like they're very good at being the big fish in a small pond. But once they get into a bigger pond, they're just, their appeal just sort of, they don't, they can't I don't know, because sort of... I, well, from what I heard, they'd started to make it in America right as they broke up. Like they were just getting there. I feel they either came along too early or too late. But I think not so much in like, uh, in their appeal, but I think in their personal lives, because I think they would be, I think, um, they would have all been in their mid-30s by now after splitting mm. lots of stuff. So maybe they're like, I want to start a family and stuff like that. And just like, I just don't want to do like the touring thing um, too Selfish. much. <laughs> Selfish. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you've never... Um, uh, we've got Together Alone's got some awesome songs. Um, you got uh, Locked Out, Private Universe, Distant Sun. Um, even the title track's really good. Um, just yeah. Pineapple, Pineapple Head's not bad either for a yeah. stupid title. 
They do have some pretty stupid tiles. I will give them that. Uh, anything else? Oh, oh there's so much more. Well, you, got, uh, you, know, you know which one I want to get to, but uh, please. I, I sadly didn't listen very much to Counterparts by Rush. Um, I used to claim to be a big Rush fan, but I'm not that big of a Rush fan. Because they're terrible. Uh, just a bit much. Um, <laughs> I, I really wanted to be a Bikini Kill fan, but outside of Rebel Girl, this album is really hard to listen to. At any volume. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just hate women? That's okay. You can say that if you want. Like, <laughs> no, because I like the one about the rebel girl. <laughs> <laughs> you just say you just send them a foot. I like I like your song about the rebel girl. <laughs> I I want to be a friend too. Um, just for yeah. the rest. Oh look, um, if you're not into punk, it's hard to sort of like. I mean. I feel like even, um, like, I was never really into, like, Heat's hardcore stuff, but, like, I think that even if you're, like, there's a thing, if you, if you like sort of one portion of, like, the punk world, you'd be a bit more open to the harsher stuff, but um, I can understand. Well, like, I enjoyed the last album. The last album, I I can listen to it at a volume. That was fine. That yeah. was good. Um, I really like Sarah McLaughlin. Um, I think um, she's someone over the years that I've, um, it's one of those ones that's like, oh, she's seen that? I like that song. I like Sarah McLaughlin. Um, She's nice. Yeah. Uh, what about Letters to Cleo? Did you get into that? Well, I know that they do like a really good cover at the end of... Um, oh, what was that? They, they do the cover for um, I Want You to Want Me from 10 Things I Hate About You, I think. I believe oh, that's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one, of those, one, of those, one of those soundtracks. Um, this one was a bit uneven. Like I felt there was some good stuff on there. Um, but when we talk about uh, we've had um, Julianna Hatfield and Belly and stuff like that. I feel like those albums like had a bit more going for them. This one was just um, I don't know, just I didn't didn't have enough on it for me to like sort of. It was very ambient. I sort of put it on the background and then I didn't really, I didn't really sort of. It didn't grab me. This one was very like made me realize today I listened to it that we're very much in the nineties now. That sound <laughs> and everything about the nineties we've been waiting to come. Like when yeah. you talked about Cool Runnings and the '90s palette, yeah. this album is like a '90s palette. Let's um. Yeah. I, I'd say it's very Veruca Salt, but that we're not really there yet. This sounds heaps more um like, and I know I'm boxing things in, but you know, sue me. Um, this sounds like a lot of Australian output. Like they sound like I like you. I, I actually thought they were an Australian band to start off with because they've got that. There is a there is a certain Australian sound that happened in the nineties, um, which was this sort of because because um, it sounds like Weir by Killing Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just like that. Yeah, like, like even like not. I mean, not, not a Spider Mate sound, but like yeah, like I guess like I was I was like if they if they said they were an Australian band, I'd be like yeah, that like that that, that fits sort of thing. Um. <laughs> Before we get on to one of the albums I wanted to cover, I just wanted to do this. Is this Shaq? Yes, it is. That is 
I'm Outstanding by Shaquille O'Neal. He's also got... Can I just run through his track listing of his album for you? Please do. I Know I Got Skills, I'm Outstanding, Where You At, I Hate to Brag, Don't Think You Do, Let Me In, Let Me In, Shoot Past Slam, Boom, Are You a Roughneck, Giganome, What's Up Doc, Can We Rock, and Game Over. <sighs> it was a time... I'm I'm not sure what you're getting at. What's the problem here? <laughs> I like I, those. Are, those are names of songs. <laughs> Everything's about him being awesome, <laughs> just like like it was, at the time. Like uh, he he'd just sort of broken through. He'd just started his NBA NBA career. And then he does this stuff too. And like I know that he's a lovable lovable goofball. Um, uh, I, his his interview with Conan on that, that that their podcast is amazing, um, but yeah, this was just uh, it was fun to listen to. It was just, he's, he's I don't know whether he wrote. I'm not, I'm not trying to take anything away, but I don't know if he wrote all the lyrics himself. But like whoever did, because they're so good. Is that what you're saying? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think he's a very someone... smart, funny, talented man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I yeah, okay. Maybe, okay. <laughs> I don't want it to beat me up. I dare you. Um, yeah, you I just want to run uh, quickly. Um, so Easy e uh, released an album called um, It's On It's on Dr. Dre, basically because Dr. Dre uh, released um, his uh, first um, album in December last year and <laughs> shit-talked Easy e a lot on it. There's quite a few tracks that were diss tracks against Easy e so Easy E uh, returned in kind, and uh, he um, released this one. Um, I sorry to say, I mean, and you know, obviously, Dre's did a lot more, um, but yeah, this one's pretty hard to listen to. <laughs> this is real motherfucking G's. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it wasn't fun. The thing is, like, Dre's is the least fun to listen to. This one's just like it's it's harsh. It's, I mean, I, and like a lot of people love it. Love people like love Easy E and like Three is a great hmm. artist. But um, yeah, it was. I just like I, I like a good spite album, and this one's all spite. Yeah, I uh, I'm all in on a on a diss track or a diss album. Like it sounds like a good time. Yeah, he's he's like I'm not even gonna do a diss track. I'm gonna do a diss album. Who, um, which Jackson brother was it we had a couple of years ago? Oh, is it, um... That, that's still the ultimate. Like, just <laughs> that was blatant. amazing, yeah. Um, just Jerome. Word I think word. it was, I think it was Jermaine. Oh, Jermaine. It was Jermaine, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jermaine's he's, he's still topping. <laughs> um. Let's get to what you want to get to. Come actually, on. on Stan at the moment, they've got that Janet Jackson doco that I want to, um, I want to check out because she goes into detail about how... Michael uh, gave her like a issues about her weight, like used to call her like a pig and stuff like that, and just yeah, huh. not a very nice fellow. Nice. Um, I don't know why I love this so much, but I do. 
that there's was... a little bit of Dumb and Dumber connection. Oh yeah, so that was Crash Test Dummies. Um, yeah, there's very much. It's just a great song. My actual favorite song is uh, um, Afternoons and Coffee Spoons. Um, uh, that's again on my regular daily playlist. Um, like, is I, I will is that say the one. That's the one. There's um, one of these songs where he says about a boy waking up with blue hair and it's like a line that's lifted from the mm song. <laughs> it's just like, it's very strange. Like, there, Is there a theme in your writing where... I think there's a theme throughout this album. Color? Yeah, like he seems to be like, have that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so uh, you got um, Afternoons and Coffee Spoons, I think you'll just be an hour. It's, it's a really good album. Like, I, like, yeah, his vocals do great a little bit after a while. Um, but I don't know. I remember being a great, a big proponent of this album when it came out or in the years after sort of thing. Like, and I think, because a lot of people didn't like the mm song and, um, I thought it was always brilliant and I was just, I would defend it. That would be my hill to die on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, very much of its time and very much probably wouldn't be as high in the public sort of consciousness if it hadn't been like a, a huge point of um dumb and dumber so uh you're, you're rounding it's... out your um your soundtrack <laughs> to dumb and dumber before it even gets released i know i'm gonna be so sad when it when it's all over and they're all gone no, wait for although there's quite a few of those songs where um the chorus is great and the rest of the songs fall pretty flat uh, that goes for everything except for the gigolo aunts uh, who are on that soundtrack. <laughs> and Crash Test Dummies. Interchangeable. Just mid... Actually, no, because Crash Test Dummies was... Um, um, they were uh, Canadian. Do you feel a little bit like uh, a lot of this band was just leading to this song? I feel like some of their songs feel like prototypes for this song. Yeah, I mean... Is that fair? I... I don't know. I think they can be a little bit reductive. Like I think they, um, I think they're like they're, the the album before this was. I was a big fan of as well. Um, they had the song like Superman on it, and um, it's I the thing I've grown to like about them listening to them and 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 also like a couple of interviews I've, I've found out of them is that they truly didn't care what anyone thought. Like, and there was only a few bands in the 90s that you could say that's, like, true of. Um, they yeah. just kept doing what they were doing. And, like, you know, if if if, if they got... And they, they, they got and they, they, they got onto a lot of tours, but, like, sometimes they would be booed or sometimes they wouldn't get much reaction because everyone just wanted to hear the mm song. But, you know, they, they just still went through their set list and played other stuff as well. And it's like... And they're still producing music today, which I find, you know, like really admirable sort of thing so it's like yeah there was a series in england um i mentioned before the the motown series i watched as a kid yes so they had a similar one with one hit wonders okay and this was very i don't know where it came up on the list but it would have been pretty high up they interviewed the singer and i remember like i still remember to this day i was like 14 at the time he said, I don't really give a shit about what people said about us or thought about us, that this was a one-hit wonder or we're a one-trick pony. This song changed our lives. I bought my mum a house 
has done amazing things for us as a band and as people. So who cares what anyone else thinks of it? Yeah. And it's so funny what it says about the time where you can have a huge hit song. It changes your life. You can buy your mum a house. You have a hit song now and you'll be gone in like 10 seconds. It gets played on the radio for a week and you don't get any benefits from it. Like streaming, YouTube, you're not going to make any money if you have a hit song now. No. No, you like you might get more of the opportunity to make more songs, but like you, yeah. you won't get that big cash sort of power. And um, yeah, I like that. I mean, um, uh, a lot of those bands um, from the nineties, like I mean, I'm a big fan of Cake. Um, all those sort of um, ones that were like you'll see them on these one hit wonders um, uh, compilations and stuff. But like, you know, you go past that one song, and they they got a good. They got a good um, back catalogue that you should really sort of uh, go through. So, yeah, definitely not. Um, in my opinion, definitely not a uh, one-hit wonder. But um, no, the last uh, and the last one. Um, obviously, uh, we did an entire episode on um, verses by Pearl Jam um, earlier in the season. So give have a look at uh, listen to our track by track. Um, did you have any other ones that you that you um, want to talk about? Because there's. Some- uh- just just quickly before we wrap up and do our, our top for the month would be Altered State. Oh, yeah. I really liked it. I liked Not it all a of bit. It. Yeah. I, I, when you've got a song called Where Is Harrison Ford and like it's like... I want that, I wanted that song to be better than what it was. <laughs> yeah, it went on a bit long. It was too repetitive, but it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and Licking I, the V, I, I kind of turned off when I got to Licking the V. <laughs> That's when I turn it back on. Um, <laughs> uh, also, Afghan wigs, um, gentlemen, um, was was a uh, it was, that wasn't too bad. Like I've, I've um, again, like when the first album came out that in the nineties that we covered, there were a band that I'd heard of a few times but not really given a chance to. And um, I'm, I'm enjoying watching them um, or listening to them um, to go through as well too. So, but having said all that, what would be your your pick? For the um for your best album of the month, um going alter state. Ooh, yeah, it's it's tough. Letters to Cleo was nice. Crowded House is amazing. Pearl Jam's obvious choice. Uh, there's there's so many things that could have been. Yeah, but I was so surprised by their dive. They've got a song in there that could have been. They've got two that sound like Pink Floyd. Like it's so ambient, it's so nice, and then they've got something that sounds like. This weird new metal. They've got this grungy sound. <laughs> the first yeah. seven songs on the album are so all over the place, and I was so into it at the time that I can't say it's not the best thing I've listened to lately. Oh, we just have to do one. Um, you know, like it's, it, it probably it probably wasn't on as many as what I thought, but this song seemed to be on like this sound the um, the trailer for like a lot of romantic comedies in the nineties and two thousands. Oh yeah. This is Billy Joel, right? It's James. Oh. Um oh, I yeah. about you mate James. Yeah, I really um I really like that song, but the rest of the album's not that great. Um uh I found this actually really hard cuz like 
there's a lot of individual songs like that one and um, uh, What's Up With The Love with um, Digital Underground, um, Fade Into You with Mazzy Star. Uh, but to find one that's like uh, consistently good throughout the entire album, um, it was a bit of a toss-up between Crowded House and uh, Crash Test Dummies. Um, but I think Crash Test is going to win out on this one. I knew it. So predictable. <laughs> Um, and my movie um, will have to be 20 bucks um, I think that that's, ah. it deserves um, uh, a lot more attention than what it, um, it, it eventually got what, what would be your favourite movie? as much as I want it to be Judgment Night because it's been my movie of choice <laughs> since I've seen it uh, it has to be Cool Runnings I still okay. just loved it so much um, but if you find it problematic if you have issues with it let us know tell us why Um but I still think it's just a sweet, heartfelt, uh, lovely little film. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, October 93 is done, dusted. and uh, It's almost over. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost over. <laughs> it sounds like you're just done. Wait, um, <laughs> it's almost over. Is that better? Yeah, okay. Living in the past pod at gmail.com if you want to um, uh, let us know what you think. Um, if there's anything we missed, if there's anything we got wrong, anything that Ben got wrong, um, check out our um, Instagram um, uh, and you'll be able to see all sorts of stuff from the episode. If you um, also uh, subscribe to our uh, other podcast, Do You Think I'm Spooky, where we go through the X Files, um, check out our Spotify and Letterbox links in the description. And yeah. Thank you for listening once again. We're loving it. Thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Let's... Good night, everybody. Round you out with James. Drive safe. (laughs) Sounds a bit. (laughs) Ready? Ready? I feel it, James. I feel it. There you go. Goodbye. Don't sing. It sounds bad. (laughs) Thank you once again for listening to Living in the Past. Got some awesome people to thank at the end of the show here. Andrew Golding does our music for us. You can check out his stuff at www.antigold.bandcamp.com. Rebecca Sheedy, she does our artwork. You can check out her stuff on Instagram at mildscribbling. Send us an email at livingthepastpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram. You can check out letterbox.com following PD Lumsden and check out the movies that we've been talking about this season. You can check out the music we've been talking about on the podcast by going to Spotify and searching Living in the Past podcast and then the month that you want to check out. Want to help us grow the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or tell your neighbor, tell your friend, tell your mother. It all helps. And until next time, as we always say, sit back, look back and relax. Thanks. Thanks.